Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the world's leading Duff Yomi podcast here, coming to you daily, five times a week, to find modern-day wisdom in this very ancient user's manual to Judaism, the Talmud. So listen, in this great, astonishing book, there are many mysteries. Some are divine, some are transcendent, some are very earthly, but none are as foul, scatological, and puerile as today's page, which is all about pooping and farting. And so naturally, reading such a page, I thought only one man could join me in this holy discussion. Hello, show's producer and friend and rabbinic authority, Josh Cross. I'm debating whether I should make a fart noise or say hello at this point. I think we should just have like a whoopee cushion yeah. uh, for this particular episode. Uh, are, are you honored by the fact that when I thought of a Talmudic discussion of farts, I naturally thought about you? I think it's a compliment to my sense of humor. It, it really kind of brings together all of your passions and, and, and likes. L let me read the paragraph that we have in mind, and then we could embark on a Talmudic discussion. This is two of our finest, Rav Huna and Rav Chisda, having a really important conversation. I'll read it first in Hebrew, and then I'll elucidate. Itmal, reach rashi yeshlo ikar, Rav Huna amar, marachik arba amot vekore kriyat shma. Rav Chisda amar, marachik arba amot mekom shepasak harach vekore kriyat shma. Here are these two rabbis, and they're asking a very important Talmudic question. Suppose, they say, you were about to recite the Shema, this seminal prayer that this, uh, you know, much of this tractate is truly about. And as you are about to recite the Shema, you look down and you notice a steaming pile of poop. What do you do? And so Ravuna said, well, you just walk uh, four cubits, which is, you know, a, a good distance away from the poop, and that should cover you. And Rav Chisda, in a true master stroke of Talmudic reasoning, said, no, you must not just walk away from the poop. You must walk until you can no longer smell the poop, and then uh, you may pray. The, then there is also ample uh, discussion in this uh, particular page about farting and uh, bad smells, etc. So reading this, Josh, newcomer to the world of Talmud, and master, uh, all the timer in the world of fart jokes. Uh, how did that make you feel? Seen? <laughs> it's like, finally somebody gets it. But I, I mean, the, the thing that's really compelling about it is that what's the grossest thing that everybody, like there's plenty of gross things that are grosser than poop and farts that lots of human beings do or many do. The grossest thing that all of us do is poop and farts are the subset of that. So it's sort of a unifying thing that they're talking about, sort of the thing that every single person can relate to. See, and I think that is so important because I think often in the Talmud, you will see particular hypotheticals and you will kind of see like, okay, well, you know, I understand why, why this is relevant. I understand how this particular situation could actually occur. Here, uh, and granted, this is, this is a book that was written when sanitary conditions were very different than our own. Uh, there was actually a good chance that you could, you know, run across some poop because people didn't use toilets. They just went outdoors. There was no indoor plumbing. But I think there's kind of an incredible metaphor uh, in this, which is a real validation of really what makes 
a human being. So as a child, I take it you were fond of fart jokes. I was alive. I was a boy. <laughs> and not to get gendered about it, because girls like a good fart joke too, but I mean, it, I would be ostracized if I wasn't. In fact, tell us your sister's first joke when she was, I believe, four years old. I'm pretty sure that my sister's very first joke she ever learned was the perfect what's invisible and smells like carrots. And the answer, of course? Bunny farts, <laughs> which is still funny to me in my 40s, but when it comes out of the mouth of a four-year-old, it's sort of unifying and it's, aw, <laughs> that's funny. And it's cuteness. Right. Now, now here's the thing, though. When you tell these kinds of jokes when you're in your teens and your 20s, 30s, 40s and onwards, you quite often get ostracized, right? You, you get called names by society at large. The whole point of humor is that usually things that are funny are things that make us uncomfortable. And so as a child, we're free to, we're not uncomfortable about anything, so it's silly. And then we get older, and especially when you're 20 and you're trying to impress the person you're trying to impress, or you're trying to seem like an adult, you don't want to be silly. Then you get old enough and like, I just don't care anymore. A fart joke is still funny. You don't want to tell jokes like, why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know. Because the chicken next to it farted. There you go. <laughs> so I, I think that, yeah, we get to a place where these negative behaviors of people are seen as shameful and it's worth remembering that fart jokes are funny because everybody farts whether it's the queen of england or what do you call it when the queen of england farts uh her royal heine a noble guess <laughs> that's better than my guess um but everybody from her her royal highness down to the worst person you can think of is still gonna fart and you know, anybody who's been to a high holiday service knows that room gets going. <laughs> and and this is uh, what I think is the splendor of this specific discussion between Rav Chista and Rav Huna. Um, by taking so much time and really getting into the elements of what constitutes a bad smell. Do you stop when you no longer see the visible source of it, literally when you no longer see the poop? Or do you walk until you can no longer smell it uh, and then walk no more? I think in here lies a very important reminder. I think the reminder is that you could read religion as you could read art, as you could read love, as you could read any kind of construct in life worth adhering to as some sort of an, an attempt at transcendence, right? As some kind of an attempt to elevate ourselves, to be better, to be holier, to be more like God. And there is certainly a huge aspect of truth to it. But these two rabbis want to remind us that we are human beings. We live in the world. In the world, there is a lot of poop because everybody... Everybody poops. Because everybody poops and everybody farts. And they want us to stop for a moment there and acknowledge it and take it seriously. Because they understand that if you're trying to pray uh, in the sense of uh, real kavanah, of real intentionality, you're really trying to stop and have a conversation with God, but all of a sudden a person next to you farts, that prayer is not going well. You need to stop and you need to walk away. You need to do something about it. You need to acknowledge the physical. This is why I think fart jokes are both so funny and so eternal. They're a constant reminder that not only can we not escape our own physicality, but we shouldn't even try to infect. We should take a page from Rav Hunan Rav Chista. We should get serious about our fart jokes. We should get serious about poop. We should think about these things in depth because they are an immensely important part of who we are as human beings. And there will be no transcending 
the gross, disgusting, fabulous, incredible, vile human body. And there is no better way to deliver that reminder than a good old-fashioned fart joke. One of the things about farts that has come to me in thinking about them from one of my personal rabbis, Dan Savage, is that when you cross the line in a relationship, when you've gone from the new relationship energy to where you're comfortable farting in front of them, when you come out of the toilet and they know that you've pooped, and you're still enamored with this person in, in a grander scale, is when you've recognized that this is a person that you take with their faults as well as their positive aspects, and that's when you know it's working. What a great metaphor. You know, I, I think I think Rav Hunan Rav Chista would have been delighted with this observation because, yeah, it's just like that, right? You're in a marriage. You share, in, in our case, and in, in the case of most people who live in New York, a very small apartment with another person. You use the bathroom. That's going to leave a, a, a presence. And so literally, you could, you could uh, if you wanted to, be like, oh, my God, that totally you know, destroys the romance, the love, the mystery. Or you could take a page from Avuna Lavchista and say, no, actually, this divine transcendence and this human grossness, they have to coexist. You have to learn to walk four steps away from wherever you can no longer smell the poop and then recommit yourself to the higher calling. Josh Cross, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoyed this show, please go rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly section of Reading Daf Yomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope you've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon. Man, that was rock and roll.